Yo, 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 what's up? This is the Base 107. Welcome to the Babbling Heads Podcast. I'm DJ Fingers. I'm Joe Zone. Charlie X2C. And today we're having one of Cape Town's OGs up in the studio, um, Andre Maggot, a.k.a. Big Dre. Welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. KK, dude, this podcast now is in a vein, um, and I think the first time I've experienced that vein or that type of not anti, but uh, s- sub um, mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the first time I saw it happening from Cape Town, I would say it started with hip hop, and the first time in media I saw it, I saw it on Bush Radio, the Edouard Show. And Dibra is even for the Owens that I that it established it. So it is very extremely important to have to have you on, man, and uh, just representing that. But a yellow palm is very different, but no one hypocrisy of even means about the hypocrisy because the work that you've done then uh, uh, trickles over to mainstream as well, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, give us a background as to where you, where, where you grew up and just uh, t- uh, who you are, man, as a person. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, before your, your career. For sure. Um, yeah, I grew up in Athlon, born and raised. Um, very, uh, I should say, uh, a small um, circle of friends and those kind of things didn't really dwell outside too much. Right. Um, and very Christian upbringing, mm-hmm. you know, so very much um, uh, following what your parents said and those kind of things. Um, but even then I had a love for music because I can remember, I think when I was 15, I mean, so I'm the guy who's crazy about music, but my sister yeah. gets this Walkman. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but guess who's ra- walking around with that thing? Uh, uh, you know, so I can remember being on, on the stoop there at home uh, during holiday times, and everybody else is playing, but I'm hooked into this Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just listening to music the whole time. So even at that stage, you know, um, yeah, I like things like Phil Collins and, and uh, Tears for Fears, all that that, that kind of pop stuff, man. You know, um, Philip Bailey, all, all of that good stuff, man. And I... Uh. I just love music. That's where the thing started from. Yeah. And I can really say there wasn't a plan. There wasn't like a really an intention behind me doing what I ended up doing. Yeah. But it's the love of music that made me mm. get to that point. No, for sure. Because if I too have an intention and you, you know, you always meet um, obstacles and setbacks and that kind of stuff. And it, if mm. it had, I feel if it had to be my intention to choose to go where I ended up, and I got knocks and all of those kind of yeah. things early on, I'd have quit, you know, because I wasn't welcomed first. I mean, I'm jumping ahead now, yeah. really <laughs> quickly. Um, when I got to the old radio building, um, there already were people that were doing the show. So I went for training and all that stuff, you yeah, know, yeah. like how to speak on the mic and like just to understand how the studio works and those kind of things. To me, you know, it wasn't a big deal, man. I just wanted to go through the thing and... Um, Get the background down to get on the show. Yeah. Because mm. 
there was something cool about the show that I was listening to, and it was Shamil X yeah. Adams. Yeah. He was doing the show at the time, so I was an avid listener of that show. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, s- just being around those people would have intimidated me, or should have, because yeah. of the mm-hmm. kind of person I was at the time, mm. and because I was in Athlone, there wasn't really a big hip hop following in Athlone. Yeah. The only other person I can think of is Everon Orange, Sky One. Oh, oh Sky One at nine. <laughs> So oh, we really? went to the same primary school, and I, but that is the only, yeah, that's the only other hip hop person that I knew. Mm. Like even when the show was running, I didn't know of a lot of people that were into hip hop. And you have to remember, at that time, you got no cool points for being into hip hop. Yeah, mm. it was not also the freaks of his. Exactly, we were the freaks. That is, that is how they look. Just, just yeah. interject there. Um, you say Athlone didn't have a lot to do, but they need to hip hop. Yet Body Rock Park. Yes. Was based in Athlone. Yes. Body Rock Park was yes. essentially the 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 jam session. It's a public park that the the breakers took over in the eighties, and that was the meeting spot. That's Where was really that? As in Athlone, that's the Crawford, more Crawford side, like more Crawford yeah. side. But it was literally where everybody used to get yes. off before, like the bass and stuff like that. Yes, where the breakers used to go and fucking break on the on the concrete slab, mm. where Ramon, Ready D, all of them, Emil, them Pop Light Crew, um, City Breakers, etc. Otterons, they said all those crews used to rock up there. That was like one of the iconic spots, public spots, where breakers used to. But yeah, that's no, Athlone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks, so thanks for, for, mentioning, for mentioning that. That was that was really big. And even at the high school that I was at, there were like a few breakers that were good. And they, they all what high school to, was that? Uh, that was Spitzbone at the time. Mm. Okay. But even like that, Owens was like too cool for school. Mm. You can't talk to them mm. and all that kind of vibe. It was like... A, Nah, you're on the normal kids, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we the, we the, and, and to give them the credit, they yeah. were super cool. Like, they could pop and lock like mm. nobody's business, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it wasn't kind of a welcoming uh, atmosphere at the time. I mean, I, I probably went to Body Rock once mm. because, yeah, I'm in high school, but I'm still on that, you know, being obedient kind of vibe and whatever. And even that trip to Body Rock was like a, you know, undercover vibe. And it's like the rebels so go to Body no, Rock. No, there's something happening there. I have to go. Oh, yeah. I have to go at least <laughs> once, man, you yeah. know? And yeah, I had a, a friend called um, Charles. So Charlie took me through, and because he he was in the know, he mm. knew all the spots that was happening. Yeah. Um, eventually, he turned into gangs and stuff yeah. like that, and mm. he, he went deep into that kind of yeah. thing. But he was cool enough to actually, like when it when it really went down, when he got into gangs, he was cool enough to say to me like, "Look, from now on." When we go to the shops and those mm. kind of things, I can't walk with you guys, whatever. And I mean, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know, other people wouldn't have, but he actually did. And I remember that day. Yeah. I was like, mm. yo, okay. You still had the presence of mind to like, okay, you're not in, so I'd rather not associate with you mm. like when we go out into public because then, you know, yeah. the retaliation comes back. And when, so, you s- so when you, let me just get the time timeline right with, 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 with the head warmer show. It was first D then, but I in the car that, that had it. First, um, Shamil X did a hip hop show. That what? was when I got on, and they were on as um, they were always like guests on his show, man. They would always oh be yeah, around right, and those kind right, of things. Yeah, so right. Fat and Shaheen and Ready D, <laughs> I think Martian uh, of of Jambi, the guy that was in the same group <laughs> with Mr. Fat. Oh. I don't know if you guys remember. It's it's, it's even on one of the um, those old school uh, cassettes that Emil put out. Um, Jambi, just another miracle from Bonteville. That was um, the group. So Mr. Fat and mm. Martian were were that group from okay. from Bondival. So okay, okay. so those those guys were all around the studio what at the time. Were, what years were that? Jeez, what is that? Nineties? Yeah, that was before ninety four. Okay. Mm. Yeah, definitely before that. 
So you on Push Radio before 94? Well, I was on as a guest and what I did was because I got into the internet thing like really early. Mm. Um okay. and I was thinking about it, it was like it wasn't close to Athlone. Um yeah. this internet cafe I went to, uh, it was actually part of a computer store the the beginnings of Incredible Connection. Okay. And they had a, and they had a free yes. internet cafe there. Mm. Okay. So I would go and sit there and I just got into it and I just found the 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 websites that had the news of like look this is happening Jairus mm. bringing this out this, this. and then mm. I would just you know email it mm. to the radio station print it out and then on Fridays th- that was my only thing like I would just do the news clip that's it okay and like yeah I wasn't the, I was a keeper so man I was, a, I was the lost lappy there I yeah. was the guy who didn't belong there man everybody else knew each other uh. mm. you know and i was like the odd one out because like there's nobody that's got the connection in athlone you know what i'm oh saying yeah. that's what i'm talking about like like everybody else even bontival is close to athlone but mm. you know there's nobody else in athlone that mm. it was like on that level already established mm. and had a name so i went in alone that tell me, you, you said you did training for for bush radio yeah w- what type of training was a journalism training or no no like? no uh, just on um to being in the studio and how to do the the phone calls how to take the phone calls and all those things and then and you thought yourself the research part of it like we went to go to the the internet studio internet cafe sorry i lay it like this man, bro. i'm a nerd about music <laughs> i am a nerd about music mm. there's no other way to state it mm. i'm obsessed with it it's you know a lot of people say like oh, i love music i love music. i i'll read any article about mm. any genre like if you say now like um Janet Jackson's Control album, the history yeah. of that. I'll read it because I used to listen to it and I want to know what did Jam and Lewis do? Mm. Oh, the demos were recorded in a bathroom. Like, wow, did you know that? Mm. You know, that, that kind of stuff mm. really inspires me yeah. and I take all of that and whoever else that listens to what I have to say, I just push it along because that's part for mm. me, that's the part of the culture of hip hop that I feel went missing. Yeah. It's not even knowledge of self and it it's mm. just sharing the information that you know because yeah. hip hop supposed to be this community vibe it's supposed yeah. to be that yeah. that's what it used you know? to be. It's uh, so strange it's so strange to hear you say you didn't fit in. But for me kijk ik was nog een pakkie was obviously uh. teenager and when we listened to the the, the Ed Woman show it sounded like you guys Davis net in van die Owens you know what I'm saying so mm. it's it's amazing to to hear like we had Amma on Amma on on also man. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to see his point of view because at the time it didn't look like it he said it as he had social anxiety but I said it quite realistic for me wow mm. I know didn't know that and I knew the guy for for a long time eh? mm. so so sure that that's it is really interesting to hear yeah. mm. and, and it's, it's, it's valuable for me um to hear to hear from your your, your perspective check here so you've seen the hip hop landscape right since the 90s mm. no? you've contributed in in dope ways super dope ways What have you seen change that you hope hope changed that time and what hasn't changed? Good or bad? Okay, yeah, no, I can lay it on the line. Like the, the, the kids are much more self-confident. They're much more self-confident. And I, and I have, uh, I talk about to uh, Natasha, uh, I talk to her all the time about the, the different um, perspectives of the kids of nowadays and those back then. Mm. Because uh, to a certain you, degree, it Natasha hasn't. Um, Natasha April, that's my that's okay. my life partner. She's cool. yeah, the mom of my kid, uh, Kai, and that that's my unit. That's mm. the people that keep me strong. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I speak to her all the time about it because I unpack the stuff because you know I reflect. Yeah, 
and I try and really get a good sense of what really was happening factually instead mm. of instead of my bias, man. Yeah. Because now I realize, <laughs> you know, I had a bias. Maybe I had a bad experience with someone. Now I color it, that memory that way, man. Uh. So I like put myself in check and say, did it really go down like that? Or mm. is it because of the experience you had with such and such? Like, you know? So I, I, I see that the kids nowadays, they are really self-confident. They might not be, in my opinion, the most talented, but there's so many facets to this, to this, to having a career in music. Yeah. It's not just about creating the music. Yep. And that's what our generation kind of missed out. Mm. There, there wasn't development in our era. Mm. There was no artist development. Maybe you can say two de- uh, generations later, like the thing that Rosano had at uh, Purple Turtle. That was development, remember, like mm. for live shows. Yeah. Like some of the people that, that walked through there are now established, but mm. I remember I got the photos. Just like break down what, what, what it did with that. You say it was, it was just let's give him props as well. Yeah, no, no, f- for sure. Um, Rosano had this thing every Thursday at Purple Turtle where it started at nine and then it ended like around about midnight or something like that. And it was just live performances by artists that you didn't know yeah. and uh, what you knew. But for me, what was so uh, incredible about it is the Owens that you knew were artists already got to cut their teeth to do a live show, man. And yeah. nowhere else in Cape Town could you prepare for your live show mm. like you could at the Purple Turtle on Thursdays. Yeah. You used to call it Donderach aan Kek. That's what, and it was that. Yeah. It was church for artists trying to hone their skills for the live performance aspect of it. I think myself and Perspective did it once. huge. It is, it, like when I think back of it, that was a huge contribution to the, like I'm saying, there's different levels to, to having a music career. So there's that live performance aspect of it that mm. you don't get development in until you do a live show and you do a bad live show and you get better and you get better. There's <laughs> yeah. no other way to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not only about being in the studio and unfortunately, the Hollywood idea that people have of being an artist, a recording artist, in my opinion, is... They're always busy in the studio yeah. and there's this glamoured look at, you know, yeah. the bling, mm. I'm saying, a car, quiet house, and yeah. liquor clothes, all that. Yeah. It can be about that for you if you decide. Mm. It's up to you. And it can be, uh, <coughs> it can go deeper than that. It can go much deeper. It can be about, you can just lose yourself in the aspect, the, the creative aspect of it. Um, I find that so interesting, man. Like just the, the whole... I go back to different genres and I read about John Coltrane and all these jazz greats yeah. and the loony things that they, they did. Mm. Like, okay, we speak about John Coltrane, like he, he tried out for uh, for a jazz band of a, a great musician in his time, um, um, like a Miles Davis or something like that. And okay, yeah. he gets shot down because he auditioned and they're mm. like, ah, you're not good enough, dude, go, go. Mm. Wasting our time. So what does the guy do? He goes home, locks himself in his room not just for a few hours, locks himself in his room, tells his wife, look, just put the food in by the door, then you close it. Because mm. I'm going to immerse myself in this music mm. until I become better. And everybody knows who John Coltrane is yeah, now, yeah. but look what he did. That's dope. He dedicated himself to So mm. I'm like about, yo, that's, yeah. that's amazing, man. Like, and, and, and I look at hip-hop again as every aspect of hip-hop, every element of hip-hop, if you're really good in it, 
you dedicated, you putting your 10,000 hours, yeah. you know, like people say like that, man. Mm-hmm. So once you become a master at that one element, you, you got to know the, that what is required of you to do anything else in life. Mm-hmm. So you just take the hip hop facet and whatever you applied to get good at that, yeah. you apply it to anything in your life, man. Yeah. To me, that's like, like, wow, man. Like hip hop's not like a thing on its own. Yeah. It's part of life. And, for the longest time, the thing I've been trying to get through to to artists that I really loved and spent a lot of time with is mm. hip-hop doesn't exist on its own. Like if you're busy in it and you're expressing yourself through this form of music, mm. put yourself in it, man. Like don't worry about if it doesn't sound like um, like Ninth Wonders beats mm. or Dr. Dre. or Don't wa- put your spin on mm. it, man. And there's not enough. Mm. So that's why I say there's not enough development, and even today still there isn't enough development. Mm. Um, although the, the the artists are much more confident and they put themselves out there, which I love because more people know about you now, mm. which the the older generation still don't do. Can I just break a word there? Mm. Recently, it only means a friend of mine named So let's say the the record comp- uh, record uh, label right? Say the um, artists are signed. I think, and this is from me looking. I had an argument with an artist. I think from me, from 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 outside looking in, the artists they didn't realize that they wanted now instant, give me instant money. gratification and mm. whatever. Yes, it didn't come soon enough to 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 uh, pull a example off. So, they, I think there is effort being made, mm-hmm. but I don't think. This artist in particular didn't realize what they have, or what, what they have to do to achieve, or what they have to achieve it, mm. and be gratitude. Okay, be, be grateful for what they had, and and start the development process, mm. man. Oh, yeah. the the expectation is now, I get so few views, I get slightly developed. Not not this Facebook is a it's a mm-hmm. pair of views, yeah. Yeah, mm. but they say artists, there's no a recording artist, man. There's a difference to worry, man. I wanted to say something about that actually as for me now as the artist wasn't in the scene man I don't say it's a rapper or whatever doesn't matter what you are man you weren't in the scene 24-7 so you don't understand the scene already mm. you have no knowledge about the scene all you know is rap do you understand what I'm saying mm. and here's why that happened I don't know why my mic is off all of a sudden but it's only enough yeah, I think that's that's what happened, man. Because that that person himself wasn't in the scene, him or herself wasn't in the scene, man. Mm. They never grew up in the scene, man. They just know that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's no okay. knowledge of self, no knowledge mm. about the scene. All you know is rap, and that's it. And now all you know is what you see on TV, and then you want that. Oh. Yes. To get what I'm saying. So yes. that's what happened, man. That's what yes. I see. What I think what happened. And, and you can't blame them for, for believing that because that's what they see. So now that's mm. what I'm talking about where the information doesn't filter through. Mm. Where are the mentors mm. for these artists yeah. to actually tell them? And I mean, to be truthful, there aren't a lot of artists from our generation that got um, experience in signing or you know going through a development yeah. process. Mm. We just went through it in the scene. Yeah. And someone else that you looked up to said, okay, now you've arrived. I give you a dap. You're like, okay, yeah. and now yeah. you know. But yeah. it wasn't a formalized kind of way of developing. Yeah. So I, I see that as a, it's, a, it's a minus, yes. 
Um, but it's ignorance, man. Hmm. You know, it's ignorance. They wouldn't, they wouldn't know any better because who's telling them the information? And I have to big up Celeste. Um, she's got a lot of passion for hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not convenient. I mean, she's a mom, all those kind of things. And still yeah. she is yucking it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm really amazed at the things that she's doing and the passion that she's putting into hip-hop. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of other people that talk a lot, but she's doing something. Yeah, yeah. something, guys. I see a lot of flack and whatever, but I support y- you know, I'll support what she's doing and celebrate every achievement that she, that she makes. You know, that as as it's great moves that she's making, man. Mm-hmm. And if you're not happy with the moves she's making, do your own thing, bro. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> why are you so worried about yeah. what she's doing? True. You know. Like why is it why is yeah. it picking at you so much? Like then you do something, bro. Mm. Don't be sour about it because you're sitting there in your comfort zone doing nothing. Mm. She's actually making a move. She's taking a step, putting herself out there. And even though she gets a lot of flack, she still keeps on going. So mm. big up to her, man. True. There's an old adage that I, I use a lot, um, and it basically says dogs don't move, don't bark at the park cars, but the moment you start moving in this industry. Everybody's got something to say, but like Kiki, um, there was the iconic um, compilation that Slager estimate was called Ons Beweeg. And that track for me, and it like featured like some of the top, I think this is this is prior to Bruderbond, but it featured some of the top MCs in Cape Town, up up until including uh, Isaac Mutant, etc. or Kanem or nice. The thing is, the track is basically saying, just move, man. Just move. Because you if you're just lambing there in your bedroom or you, you in your company, whatever the case may be, and you're just dissing the next person, bruh, make your own movement. Do a counter to whatever, whether whatever you'll do this doing. Um, there was Project Break Free in Easterover. Do something. There was 783 movement in Ocean View. Mm-hmm. Um, but move. Move it in your community. Get your fans, get your supporters. Go out and do. And give them the knowledge. Lift them up. It's like give them the training they need. Who born with the most winter? That's the African saying. Say again. The worst born with the most winter. Yeah, okay. Um, but also, no, that being said, I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But we need to differentiate between dialogue and hate. Yeah. Don't just because once somebody says uh, negative, uh, remotely something negative about mm. you, doesn't mean it's hating on you. No. Yeah. Maybe just dialogue. Yeah, must be able to handle critique. Yeah, fingers, I found as a belief. If you put yourself out there like yeah. as an artist, that's something that I think like and when you set your intention on what kind of artist you're gonna be, be realistic, man, because yeah. I, I'm like the ladies are not realistic about what to expect, man. Because if you didn't realize I'm gonna get some flack, then okay, you need a wake up call, right? You need to speak to that's what I'm saying, like where's the mentors and stuff? Because when you decide I'm gonna be an artist then like you're gonna get hate. If you make moves, you're gonna get hate. Yeah. No doubt. And I love that you mentioned Slagheister. Yeah. I saw him at a park jam years ago and yeah. I was just amazed. I took some snaps and whatever and I spoke mm. to him afterwards. Um, now you see him working with the Antwoord and yeah. those kind of things. And, but he, he had that something special. Man. Yeah. You could see he was driven mm. back then already. And I'm glad he, he, he's making moves. Like even people like Youngster and Bruderbond and. Mm. The um, Ocean View movement, where I saw yeah, a purple, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. purple turtle Nuzzle for the first time. Last okay. week. You know we interviewed Nuzzle last week. That was like, uh, you always saw 
artists that you didn't mm. know about. Like I remember seeing like 15, 14-year-olds, like a group of three guys, the one night, I forget who they, um, what their name is, but they were amazing, man. Mm. And I'm like, and this is just people listening <coughs> to music, sitting on yeah. their own, getting like the smallest amount of mentorship. Mm. And this is what they come up with. Like 15-year-olds, I was amazed, man. So I used to, whenever I could, mm. I remember I, I won tickets to the show, American guys get, I think it was Ninth Wonder, Rhapsody, somebody else also mm. came over. So I won it on this online magazine thing and they were like, nah, okay, you won the tickets free, okay, here's the, they sent to my phone, whatever. Mm. I get to Zula Bar, nah, your name's not on. I'm like, what? Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can like stew about this and like try mm. and phone people or, you know what? Thursday night, the thing's happening. I go through mm. there, I have a fantastic time because I'm yeah. like, that's what it's about. Yeah, I'm like you through being a fan already, man. You yeah. you you've met, you know, you did the whole Black August thing. You met your heroes, mm. and they were disappointing and whatever. <laughs> they were just people. They put their pants on one leg at a time, yeah. and, mm. and you were just like, oh shit, that's what it's about. Okay, you guys are just like us. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the music, but you guys are just human beings. I'm, yeah. I'm but cool. But that frees you, know. That frees you. Yeah. Up, yeah. I, I and I, I I appreciate people for being who they are. I don't like the ones that act mm. larger than life in, in situations and and like put on an act and then behind the scenes they're someone else. So I appreciate people like you know like Raz Kaz who puts everything on the line and it's like a love it or hate it. That's me. Yeah. You know those people. So Jeru came through and he chilled with the crowd the whole night in the crowd, not backstage, in the crowd, mm. man, for that Black mm. August thing. And I'm like. Oh, that was massive, man, bro. You don't know what that meant to to the fans. Mm. Yeah, you know, because some people who came through on the same tour, egos, man. And mm. I'm just like, no, bro, you in you in South Africa, and you're gonna be like that. You in the motherland, ah, dude. Nah. We opened for 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 Talib in the mm. states and mm. mm. Connecticut. I brought all the words, don't I? Fun day that can I give them? Even say 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 podcast. I can't, you didn't want to give us like, let me just say, Acknowledgement. you know what I'm saying? Because we're uh, open for him. Yeah. The quiet thing is, their show, Black Noise's show, rocked the crowd. Talib came on and was like, Meh. Oh, and he, but, but <laughs> he, he had hits. That's just 2014. I know. Yeah, you, obviously, you uh, know. Because the Black August, he rocked it more than anyone else. He mm. like nearly did his whole Reflection Eternal album. Mm. I remember that night. But yeah, I'm glad you. Even even the even the the, 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 the organizer say, "Yo, dude, I'm not all disappointed in this, bro." Because I thought like listening to his music is, and his his interviews. When I go to a different country, I see the, I go and see the ghettos. Mm. I was saying, "Where the most?" So it means you part of the people. Um, right? not on every night, like maybe at an off night or something. Like yeah. But I'm just saying that night he disappointed the yeah. organizer. Man. The okay. organizer himself said, "Because I, I can get over it, dude. I can, okay, I can well, really get uh, over just, it." Just just to put it. Into context for the viewers, <coughs> um, they might not know what you're referring to. That was at the Trinity International Hip Hop Festival. Yeah, we, we did the, the Trinity, Trinity okay, uh, uh, one. Uh, yeah. um, one mic, the one mic, and then the Trinity. We did both. Yeah, uh, we did the three the city tour with Black Noise, mm. and then I think his one was the last. Yeah, and I think also at the same time, just to put it into reference, it was the same time at the Kennedy Center where you guys performed. Also, when. Nas at the old New York City Philharmonic mm, Orchestra. Wow. That was that one, yeah. Doing, that's, doing his, that's his old history, album. Right? That's history, That's history. 2014. Grandmaster Flash was there, Ravis. I was a lineup in the bro. I watched yeah. that video footage of that and I thought it was awesome yeah. how it worked out, man. So, yeah. so to 
to be there live, I can just imagine. Like you, you seem know, to uh, to to like uh, the live performances. Uh, I jotted down here. You talk all about uh, live performances a lot, actually. Well, well that one you we mentioned, you just like lit what, up. What was special about <coughs> the, the, the it's orchestral arrangements yeah. of yeah. hip hop music, mm. okay. and to see how how that arrangement um, transfers, man. Because I, mm. I remember what I what I what I made a note of, a mental note of, was like, wow, look how Peter Rock's stuff transfers, translates better than DJ Premier's. Yeah. I was just like, wow, man. I, mm. I didn't realize how musical Peter Rock's arrangements were mm. until it was taken to an orchestra because then they go, there were like pieces for every part of the orchestra to play yeah. out. And I was like, wow, man. But isn't that based also upon like the, the, the years, like between what period? Because I know like somebody, some once told me between the... The twin, 2010 to 2020 or 2000 something like that, things became more melodic as it was first boom bap beats like in the beginning and then it became, they started adding more melodies to hip hop. So could be based on that, maybe adding that, that orchestral feel to it. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just remember that, that both guys were sampling and yeah. both had mm. a nice ear. Like, mm. like Premier was on the jazz thing Peter Rock was known more for the horns, the horn mm. section snippets he used to take. But like for me, I was a huge fan of Premiere because it was yeah. more, it was the drums were like more hard, man. Mm. Like that was the thing for hip hop yeah. for me was like the drums. And see what I'm saying about mm. the aspects of the different aspects of hip hop is yeah. like, now we're going to production, now you break down production into drum beats, first of all, as the, as mm. the backbone of something. Eight yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Then you got the samples yeah. and you got each aspect of hip hop mm. you break down into, and I'm still, Interested in all of it. Yeah, mm. Premier was man. more stabby with his with his productions now. Uh, like say, his, his samples. Where say, say uh, I would say Prem, uh, Peter Rock was more melodic with chopping a chopping a sample up to make a different mm. tune, but it's still it's still it, it, it okay. can okay. still be played. Okay, um, I'm not going to dispute uh. that. With <laughs> you. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying like, like you see dialogue opinion. versus yeah. criticism. Yeah. So yeah. okay, uh, but let me put this one to you. Yeah. Um, uh, Kicking the door, uh, Biggie Smalls, dun, Premier dun, production. Dun, dun, so what was dun. that? That was a blues song that Premier chopped up, changed the, the arrangement of it, the timing even of it. And it was even taken into a quieto normal year at home. Is uh, it? Uh, one of the artists, I remember it was Peach Black Afro or somebody, but somebody took that and made it a quieto normal mm. as well. I don't like it, And I was like, okay, mm. when I do original, I, I like to, to, to listen to those kind of things also. I was a huge fan of... Cubert and then when they used to put the, the original break tapes yeah. together, used to I still got it somewhere there at home in the shoebox. I used to play that for a long time. Mm. I used to just play that instead of hip hop stuff. To the point where I started buying the jazz records, all that kind mm. of stuff and you know, looking for those things and then I got over it because you know it's expensive, man. <laughs> you can't That's survive. Are you gonna buy hip hop records and jazz records and mm. funk records and soul yeah. records? And no, you can't do that. So I was like, okay, MP3 is good enough for me. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, CDs, good enough for me. Yeah. 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 No, all good, bro. Tell us, tell us about your, your, your graphic designer as well. Or a, a, a graphic artist, I Well, Natasha say. is the graphic designer. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm just dabbling in it. I'm getting my feet wet. So I did a couple of courses and those things on Photoshop and uh, Adobe Illustrator. Okay. But she's, she's the good. She's the one that's been teaching me all these years. So even when I wasn't in it, like hands-on experience, mm. she was the one always telling me stuff. I would sit there and she's got this amazing work ethic she can sit for hours around like like if there's a deadline she works through the night 
Yeah, that's I'm a graphic like, designer. That's what graphic designers do. And <laughs> meticulous, man. Mm. Got a great eye. Like, can look through the design, the layout of things, and pick up. Okay, that's uh, like before she goes to print. Because once it's printed, it's, you know, yeah, you can't make the edits after that. She picks up all these, and I'm just like, yo, you spend hours doing the design. Then you still, like, at an at a agency, you'll have someone else that you send it on to, and they look over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, proof she, checker. She proof checked her own stuff, right? Like, so, yeah. She's the one that taught me a lot about um, design and layout. And because I do photography, she always has to give me the picture of, like, like where in the layout the photo is going to sit. So I know how to take the photo, how much space I need to uh, yeah. have on the side so mm. that the text can go in or whatever else must come. So she, I created her with hugely with, with insight into to design and... Um, yeah, we're still, we're still learning. She's even learning still. We, we but you're creative at, at heart, so you gravitate to it sort of easy. Yes, 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 I do. And if, if I look at a lot of, like, the ones I look at now, because I don't, I don't just go on names. I, mean, I, I, I look at a lot of bedroom <laughs> beat makers and things. Yeah. Like, I still, like I tell you, I'm a nerd at heart, so I'm, like, looking for that people I don't know, the sounds I don't know. And if I find it, I stick with those guys, man. And then you find out the beat maker is a photographer or is a graphic designer or is a they're <laughs> multidisciplined, man. Yeah. Most people overseas, multidisciplined. It's but I'd say also most most people yeah. in if you if you're like going back to first, second, third generation hip hop in South Africa, a lot of those B boys or MCs, etc., are multidisciplinary within within the, the realms of, of, of the hip hop elements. Yes. With that being said, what prompted you to create the word up easing? Just um, what we're talking about. Mm. Like, there's local artists not getting enough attention at the time. Um, and we just wanted to bring attention to, like, the quiet things that we are capable of. Like, yeah. just going back to what Nantel said about being disappointed by the, the international people and those yeah. kind of things. Um, and, and something that Hammer told me, like, a long time ago, like, at Ghetto 3000. Mm. Like, he played back the tapes, our tapes. He recorded our sessions, uh, um the sets we played as DJs. Mm. And he was like saying like, now listen to your set next to like a DJ Kofi from the UK or, mm. you, you know, um, any anybody else that you played next to. He's like, there's no difference, dude. Mm. Like, there's no mm. difference. You know, that was like his small way of just uplifting. So that was my contribution again to like, see there's, there's a missing there's a missing piece. I can do something there, man. And I'm glad you all mm. asked about the word up thing because we, we're about to start it up, but in a, in a different way. It's going to be more like What was the word up for those that it, don't know? It think. was a, a... Electronic magazine. That's it. Mm. So PDF magazine. Yeah. Okay. And we, we upload it and you can go and we just send the link out and you can like flip you through just it cover or download hip-hop, it. basically. Not only hip-hop, mm. we covered a lot of different things. It was fine <coughs> arts, it was sculpture, oh, dope. Um, graffiti, anything... You know, anything in the creative realm that we yeah. could get our hands mm. on, uh, you know, and people that were open to the platform because, you know, yeah. as was mentioned before, some people don't yeah. appreciate the platform and they, they uh, decline. They enjoy sleeping um, on stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, I love, and I love putting the stuff out that people don't know. Yeah. Mm. You know, so like a, I would have loved to do a, a, a interview with Slag Ace at that time already, mm. man. But, you know, life gets real. Yeah. Family life gets real. And oh, then yeah. you, you, <laughs> you need to... Mm. You need to adjust the priorities there, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but I feel like we 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 have a discussion. So myself and Natasha decided, okay, it's about time to do something again mm. because mm-hmm. there's still slots for us to yeah. artists for us to to promote there. I think like <coughs> word up at its time when it came out, 
um, I think you guys actually were groundbreaking in the sense that you preempted the fact the fall of print media um, and you transitioned into the digital realms. And this was actually one of the first hip hop publications locally. I mean, we had Hype Magazine at the time, which was still printed. Yep. Um, go to the shopping center now and see how many magazines you'll find on the shelves. A majority of the publishing houses have closed down their yeah, publications because people have transitions uh, now COVID. into, no, not just COVID. Mm. Yeah. They've transitioned into their phones. So everything yeah. is bite-sized. Yeah. They want it over here. They're not going to go and buy, spend 30 rand on a Cosmopolitan or... But because GHM. of COVID, the CPT, <coughs> all the major print houses is closed now. Oh. Yeah. During COVID, so there's like nothing. That's why you hardly even see a U and stuff like that. Yeah. They're all, uh, it's, but yeah. But the print was, mm. like you say, the man is for uh, had foresight because print yeah. was dying a, a while back. No, I, 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 I was, I studied as a print graphic designer, mm. but cool. now I'm, I've, then I've navigated obviously to, to I was not until long ago a print graphic designer, but now I do only social. Okay. Only social. I work for a home chaser. I only do social, and it's and it's. So if you look at it from I'm now working twenty years now. From the start of when I was working, it was only print. Yeah. Mm. Now it's only I don't touch uh, print anymore. I only do digital. So and I'm glad, glad like you mentioned that because that's mm. now a different delivery system. I mean, yeah, we had like yeah. a PDF thing that they could, uh, and there, and there was a site where you can upload it for issue. electronic magazine. Yeah, issue, yeah, issue, yeah. Issue. Yeah, was yeah. the site. Um, but I'm glad you're speaking about that because, like, I feel the delivery system has to change. Even though it's, mm. it's electronic, yeah, it's got to be bite-sized, man. Yeah, because when people are on their phones, you got to steal the attention right there. They're yeah. not gonna like you know, read a paragraph. No like way. Fifteen seconds. That's, no that's, that's that's you know that's the frustration no. that we have here with this with this podcast. I was thinking yeah. the same because thing. we we giving like information and it's an hour long information, but people want it as bite sized like. So it's, it's it's a little bit we 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 we, 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 we trying to get that information out mm. there, but the, there is a little bit of a struggle that people wanted like smaller clips and something like that. But we sort of need to encapsulate the whole com- conversation to mm. get our point across because we mm. don't want to be misconstrued in any way like yes. you know what i mean well the thing the thing that i'm looking at is is that um i think it gets you to click man that's all you need <laughs> that's yeah. what you need that's that's the thing you need that's the bite click yeah. bite you just <laughs> need that yeah. the thing that's gonna make them like mm. like your headline or whatever that, that yeah. gets people to like okay mm. and if they're more interested to, to see the longer form thing of course you should have it it's, yeah. it's a, a discussion yeah. that myself and natasha had it's like yeah I don't see people wanting the long-form articles anymore, but mm. I'm one of the people that will click if I'm interested. All you've got yeah. to do is get my attention from that feed because people just want to scroll. Mm. So it's got to be something that stops you in the scroll. Click be bait. small enough. Yeah. Be small enough to get your attention. It's like, okay, that's interesting. And then you got the link to the to the long-form. So that brings right? upon the conversation of ethics and stuff like it. Because we could easily like name this like, we're talking about like a, a controversial topic, you mm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then people will sort of clickbait on it. But we try to sort of keep it ethical, do the right thing, not cover controversial topics. I mean, we imagine we talk about AKA once now and then we name the, the thing, mm. talking about AKA. It'll mm. sort of get generate a lot of views. Mm. So um, there's always that ethics part of it, you know? We want to be ethical in this in this modern market, but how do you, how, how do we navigate that? And we want to put out a good product, yes. as, mm. as I know we are doing, mm. but we our numbers could be better, I think. Like, <laughs> and and don't um, sleep on the fact that organic growth is mm. the ah, best. Ah, there we go. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, so so, 
when I say get that bite-sized thing, I don't mean to glamorize it or anything like that. But essentially, I'm saying you have a quiet headline. doesn't have to be controversial, but mm. put a spin on it that, that's kind of different, man. Just, just look at and follow <coughs> the people that you would mm. read. Mm. See what they write, how they write the headlines and those kind of mm. things, man. There's so much to unpack about social media. People think it's easy, but if you want to get the end result you want, you've got to actually have a uh, a plan. Yeah. It's got to be a marketing plan. It's got to be a schedule for things that you're going to uh, talk about. Uh, your posts have got to be um, pre-sorted. It's got to be like that. Otherwise, you get something else. Yeah. We, s- we start of getting there now. We yeah. we drop in once a week, eh? Uh, on a third, we drop in once a week. So we sort of get into that mm. place now. But I, I I know what you're saying. Like getting that headlines or hashtags or exactly your everything exactly. like oh bo- tick all your boxes basically. Yeah. Like. And I tell you, like like something as, as small as the hashtags makes the world of difference. Sort that out, bro. I'm okay. like that's the difference between people seeing your your post or not. Hmm. Like especially on Instagram because now Facebook's got a different algorithm and yeah. the 4,000, 5,000 people that you built up over the years, mm. you can't even get into the feed yeah. because of the algorithm. I mean like that's, that's not ethical, bro. Like I built it up after all these years. I can't speak to my own people I built up. That's my tribe. Why not? Yeah. Because of the algorithm and you post it out oh. there but the, the, the amount, uh, it's, it's minuscule, yeah. the amount of people. So like if you got a 4,000 uh, followership, Something like two percent will see it. Serious, yeah. because of the algorithm. And it's also like how you, you, who you interact with, on a, like so. If it's, I'm, I'm clicking on links post, so I'll see links posts. Mm. If I'm liking somebody's posts, I'll see that in my yes. feed. But the rest of my five thousand followers, no, you don't sort of I'll see. maybe see like thirty to hundred different viewpoints, but it gets boring after a while. So you actually have to go back through your friends list and just mm. click go through exactly. some profiles just to. Just to get Shaking some other thing. Up. Yeah, uh, so the we, algorithm We sort of need to engage you. more, yeah. You, you're right, mm. we sort of need to engage more with and the audience. But I mean, it's, it's we, we ask ourselves these things like, do we want to engage more or do we just want to put out a good, honest product you have and to do get both. organic growth? Like You have to do both <laughs> for organic growth, especially mm. because people are interested in the people behind the scenes. Like, you know, oh. they want to know who you are. But it doesn't have to be like this slog, man. It doesn't mm. have to be the slog if you plan it. Mm. Then you spend 20 minutes to half an hour on... on so mm. That's what I do. Mm. That's all I do. Like I pre-schedule my, um, my content yeah. and then it goes off when it needs to go off and I only do like half an hour a day. If that. Mm. With the people that... I pay attention to like if you're good in beat maker or if it's like EJ and I'm like mm. seeing her, uh, yeah, yeah. you know what stuff she's putting Al- out, her Al- tutorials, talk to her and stuff yeah. like it, or yeah. like this stuff or yeah, reshare yeah, stuff. Then, then I'll connect with them and I'll add. I think maybe we can do post. that. She she other people's post on, on you on guys needs are five in the studio already. Yeah. yeah. So if one post goes out, each one of you needs to like it within the first two minutes. Yeah. Like because that's how that Instagram algorithm works. Like so, if each of you clicks it once, mm. it's already activity within the first two minutes, it goes up. I guess don't want to go my social media. Is it? I, guess, I, guess, I guess the social, uh, Instagram, I've never done anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I like Instagram. Special, find, special find the platform for you, man, because I did about two years on Twitter. Got really good at it. 
but then like you know family life gets real and you have to leave that off but yeah. but for me that was the kind I of like, like Twitter. two years mm. and then i saw recently someone else like a beat maker uh, american beat maker like said that's the same amount of time he spent to build up his you know his followership on twitter and that mm. so find the one that works for you like yeah. don't don't go on the popular one and then it doesn't do anything for your career mm, yeah. find the one that works for your career man you know so like don't facebook. go to facebook and for for and the platform the, mm. the whatever product you have like you can't go over tiktok if you a, po- a podcast mm-hmm. i would say Apparently, it's depends. 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 I, I think it's maybe the age or so, something the like that. But for us in Africa, in mm. South Africa, especially, uh, I think it's Facebook is always going to be sort of dominant. S- which is now apparently <coughs> it's it's popping now. Eh? It's beginning. To, it is popping now because uh, I saw. Um, did you see No Jumper? Yeah, yeah. The No, no Jumper, Jumper podcast and Joe Budden was talking about Twitch, um, Twitch and and TikTok. So then I said, dude, mm. I don't see. A future for TikTok. That's what Joe Biden said. Mm. So I don't know. I, I just, just find out for yourself, man. That's the thing that I say. There's, there's a lot of people um, who jump ship every time there's a new platform, man. Yeah. You can't do that. Stick to the thing that you built. And if you see like your followers engage with you, they, they if you say drop a comment, they comment yeah. or they big you up. Or don't go and jump ship now and leave that followership when they're already interacting with you. Yeah. That don't make <coughs> any sense to me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You can... Ma- you can have both, yes, if you got the time, or you can just Facebook stay where you are. Double down on what's good for you. Okay. You know, we, we 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 look at what somebody else is doing, and we kind of leave, and we might just be so close to getting a breakthrough that we yeah. need. Okay. But now we jump ship because we're like, nah, somebody else. Is, so we're going there. We started on on YouTube, mm. and uh, we moved to to Facebook, but we, but I still upload to 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 YouTube as well. So we'll do the both. You, YouTube's huge, man. Keep I it mean. there. Okay, talking about growth also, um, just going back to your, the DJ side of things, how do you see the future of turntablism in South Africa and do you feel that the current surge in portableism will revive the scene? I really I really don't know. There's a lot of... Um, I want to say misunderstanding, but there's no understanding of it. Mm. There really is very little understanding of the turntablism aspect of it. The DJing, yes, of mm. course. Guy that makes us dance at the clubs and yeah. that they know, but when you start breaking out scratch DJing yeah. turntablism, yeah. not not so much. But that also has to do with the mindset of the guy behind the decks yeah. or something. Mm. You have to understand your job changes. So at home you can do the fresh ah mm. all that you can cut oh it yeah. up all the time for two hours uh. and like you know what you're doing, you know what you mm. you're creating. But you're gonna go to a club and do that. Yeah, they don't want to hear that. So do it with a popular number and just do like a little bit. Mm. Then people will start understanding it, yeah. you know? Like, because you're doing it to a track that they know, so you're like, oh, you changed that intro and like mm. that. You mix those two songs. Yeah. Oh, okay, you know how I did it? Mm. So it, it's that, like, you got that showmanship aspect of the b-boying. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can do this quiet power move mm. or you can be really slick about it and put your own spin on it. And yeah. like, like, I've seen guys, like, how they finish the move, Mm. You know, it's so smooth, and they're like, you it's know, polished, they, yeah. yeah, they, they put some spice on that thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm recently uh, <laughs> so for turntablism. Sorry, man, mm. to, to, oh, sorry. to just finish off the yeah. thought. So for turntablism, if you want people to understand it and for it to grow, mm. then show it like that, man. You know, mm. like you can be in your with your troupe of three, four other turntablers, and you can jam if that's yeah. what you want for it. Cool. If you want other people to understand it. Mm. 
den du et wat tak jo 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 nummertjes het uit nou wat de vocoders en auto tunes en all that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. that's how they will understand yeah. it that's the only way they're going to understand it so mm-hmm. now recently with with um with the loot what they know facilitate there's a part like this what what definitely level all let's into it but i'm analyzing like it i want to do this sketching thing again can we just mix so level it level house and let's mix man so so what are we talking about turntables or, or controller, controller. Oh, for now it's a controller because it's, okay. it's 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 convenient to go from school to school yes. but I can good for a month for a month you know it's a good place three school a day but the controller is very convenient man. Yeah. and yes, it's kind it of the basic scratches here you know what I'm saying but the mixing now is quite a bit of mixing okay no, that's, that's cool uh, for me that turntablism aspect of it was was kind of hard man it was hardcore because we didn't have youtube and mm. yeah. you couldn't just youtube and like see okay that's how to do scratch for me it wasn't serato um, you had to count the beats literally in your head it's like it's, it's, it's that kind of like for me came naturally yeah. but i understand for some people like just counting bars was like an issue yeah and like when when i heard that i was like oh that's when i started like you need to break things down into the smaller aspects of What are we talking about? Like an MC needs to count bars to write 16 to know mm. that's a verse, you know? And then like, yeah. that's one of the things, like when somebody spoke to me about they don't know how to count bars, I was like, I learn how to count bars just by listening to the tracks. Yeah. Wow. But like, because I was a nerd and listened so much, I kind of, the time signature with like, like how long a 16 mm. bar was, I could count it from the beat flowing. It's like, mm. okay, there's the 16. But yeah. no, I didn't like go and learn it, you know? But you know, those are the things that you have to, That's the kind of thing you have to develop. Yeah. Because yeah. somebody can write mm. so quiet, but they can't write 16 bars and other verses like too long. And mm. So writing aspect, the songwriting aspect is so overlooked because there's flow, but there's songwriting, there's that intention of I'm writing about this topic and I'm going to yeah. do it this way and I'm going to talk about these aspects of it. There is People don't understand this intention behind it. They think, oh, it's just take a piece of paper and scribble or oh, really? just freestyle. But even if you listen to a guy like Redman, who's crazy, mm. his intention, he set that up to sound that way. Structure. And yeah, like for, for me, um, being the super nerd, I always used to go through the credits, like who wrote stuff, who composed stuff. Mm. So like now when people talk about ghostwriting, I'm like, that's not ghostwriting, his credits were in the inlay of the album. Yeah. yeah. That's not ghostwriting, you know? Like with, with, with like Dr. Dre, there's a guy called Jay Flex, and like Jay he goes, He goes to the, he didn't go straight. His credit was right there. Yeah. Look mm. on the album, yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? For so long and, and and and, and realize what all and who all contributed to the great content in hip hop. Exactly. You know, because songwriting and musicianship <coughs> from day one, bro. Like yeah. like <laughs> sometimes I think hip hop went wrong with the first track that was recorded because what was it? Who, who, people remember? Um, Sugar Hill Gang. Here we go. And what were they? Bounces. And who was the original writers of that song? Cold Crush Brothers. Yeah. So Sylvia Robinson was the, <laughs> some people call the Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Robinson, yeah. So she did the first recording and those were the guys, but they were like bouncers at a club. They were mm. not, but people remember that That's name. Sure. So there's that aspect of hip hop about like untold stories that oh, yeah. for me is interesting. And there's such a lot of stories about Cape Town hip hop that were not told yet mm. that need to be told you're gonna tell that story one day i'm gonna start <laughs> i'm gonna make a start uh, i'm making a start this year uh, it's it's 
I've looked at it like three years ago or something, mm. and I found someone that knows, that might have the context for those people. But mm. to just go and do this, there's so just much to tell, man. Mm. There's so much to tell. I think Emil also started with that um, in terms of the, the book Reconnect the String, like telling his, his part of the story. And I know he's had, um, there's some interviews that he's done, I think with Arterods, okay, specifically yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's like the more people come out and tell their narrative how they experience things from their viewpoint. Because there's no just one generic overview of Cape Town or South African hip-hop. It's like everybody needs to come out and tell their story, whether it was good or bad, whether it's Marco Polo telling his story. Exactly, so that's another, another OG we need to have on. Yeah, it was an hospital, it was a public yes, that's hospital. True. That's true. I, I'm glad you spoke about yeah. the story, and I remember being a, a, at a meeting where, where Emil was, was actually punctuating that point, like saying, don't wait until we have a degree to start telling your story. Yeah. Because, yeah, mm. we can't wait that long. You've got to tell your own story. Don't wait for mm. other people to come. Okay. But um, there's, there's a book that I read about um, DJing. It's called Last Night the DJ Saved My Life. Oh, yeah. And there's a, there's a piece <laughs> in there. The <laughs> there's a piece in there that talks about um, how when an incorrect story is told many, many times, people yeah. think it's the truth. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I know that there was before rapping, there was a story of Cape Town hip hop, and it started with b-boying. Mm. So I, I want to know more about. I'm glad that Emil did the the interview with Hot Rods and those because mm. those were the things, those were the names that came through like the time of Body Rock and yeah. those kind of yeah. things. You know, it's like immediately when you say I'm Realistic, in high school yeah. and I'm like yo, and the ones used to talk about Hot Rods and they were the, mm. you know. No, my cousin was with, um was a ballistic Alistair Cotty, um, Shark's brother. Okay. He was uh, a b-boy with him. And I never knew he was a b-boy at the time because I was staying in Namibia and we used to come down. But he was like more into gymnastics because he had the rings and everything in the yard. He's like, he used to practice heavily. <coughs> and then only later on I found out, here's him and um, Aiden that runs Mike Ozer. Uh-uh. Al uh, Matambo. Yeah. They used to hang out there at the base and whatever. I saw some old, photo, old school photos. Look at that design and put up on the base um, Facebook page. And he's like, yo and I, and I've got family deep in the game already. Yeah, I mean, so those mm. are the kind of stories I'm talking yeah. about that pre, pre, um, the the rapping and those kind of things yeah. because those, those foundations were what helped hip hop to get where it is now. Yeah, and I'm so interested in that because I don't know that mm. whole story because it has never been told. Yeah, and that's before my time. You know, like like I'm saying, I was in high school, 15 mm. years old at the time. So I'm, I'm a lighty looking at these ones. It's so quiet. Yeah, you know, but. There's never been the background story of it, so okay. cool. We need that. We need that to and other stories to come out. Even the rap stories. There's only been certain rap stories being mm, told every yeah. time. Let's get the other stories, man. Okay. You know, cool. Okay. So yeah, but I, um, you've dropped a lot of knowledge on us today, and we, we actually I think this thing, this has an opportunity to go like for much longer. But we'd like to have you guys, or like you, and maybe your your wife or your partner, just like to cover the graphic design side of things back on again in future. So yeah, from the babbling heads, signing fingers. off. There's your fingers. Joe's on. Charlie X2C. To C. Charlie <laughs> X2C. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks uh, Draymond, for doing this, man. I thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Cool, 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 the base cool. one is seven. I'm out. Are we? Yeah. Drop it. Yeah. Yeah.